Well, everybody say, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Just remain standing one verse of Scripture. Open your Bibles to Jude. Open your Bibles to Jude. That's the book right before the book of Revelations, the last book in the Bible. It's the third verse, only one chapter in the book of Jude. The third verse said, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, Jude said, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. He said, when I gave all diligence to write this to you of this common salvation, he felt it was needful to write to them, to exhort them that they should earnestly, how many of y'all remember that scripture in the church at Second and Buckeye? It was painted right across the, right over the baptistry that to earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. We're still contending today for that faith. Amen. Would you bow your heads with me right now, stretch your hand toward the pulpit, and we'll make a point of contact together, and just ask the Lord to take the next few minutes of this service. Come on, believe with me, Lord, just remove us out of the way, and may you take control of our mind, and anoint our mind today, and may the spirit of preaching come down in this house, and may every soul all the way back in the mezzanine, may they be fed the word of God. We believe you. We ask you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. You can be seated. I want to preach to you today about avoiding the pitfalls of blessings. How to avoid the pitfalls of blessings. Amen. Uh, it, it's, it's a terrible feeling to feel empty in your life. And without God, I'm here to tell you, it's an empty feeling. Doesn't matter what you have, if you don't have God, it's all empty. Amen. You've just got to have God to feel complete and satisfied and happy. <laughs> Amen. The Spirit of the Lord brings a happiness that things can't even touch or get close to. Amen. And it comes through having an experience with God. We're a people that believe in an experience. We're not a denomination. We don't claim to be a denomination. We're not Protestants. Amen. Thank God for the church. We are the church. Praise God. And we believe in an experience uh, the reason we call ourselves by name where people can identify us is that we identify with the experience that happened on that Jewish feast day. And that Jewish feast day was called Pentecost. And it was nothing more than just the Thanksgiving like we celebrate in uh, November. They were required to celebrate uh, Thanksgiving uh, whenever God had blessed their crops and uh, they, had, they had harvested their crops, then that uh, one time a year they would come to uh, 
Jerusalem. And there they would lift up hands of thanksgiving and say, thank you, God, because you have blessed our fields and you have blessed us. Amen. Abundantly, you have been good to us. And that was the call known as the Feast of Pentecost, of rejoicing and thanking God for it. And wasn't it just fitting on a day like that, that that would be the time that God would rain down the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And that's when the scripture in the book of Acts tells us, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were in one accord and one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house wherein they were sitting. And there appeared to them clothing tongues, like as a fire, and it set up on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Then when it was noised abroad and people began to hear it, and there must have been some kind of commotion going on because they said they'd been drinking. And Peter, standing up with the eleven, said, No, it's nine o'clock in the morning. It's not that we have been drinking. Uh, It is that the Spirit of the Lord, as it was prophesied in the Old Testament by the prophet Joel, that was going to come to pass in the last days, saith God, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters are going to be blessed. Everybody's going to be blessed. And everybody can receive this baptism of the spirit. And that's what we uh, believe today. We believe in the experience from God and having the experience with God. And I just think today as I preach to this wonderful group of people in this wonderful church and the burden of my heart is that God would continue that experience in your life. Now what has brought us all together here today is the fact that we have had that experience, felt that experience with God just like they felt on the day of Pentecost. Somebody said it's a mind game. There is where the religious world has gotten all confused and mixed up. It's not a mind game. It's not the power of positive thinking. You won't think so long and say it so many times that you will have this experience. It does not work like that. It comes through following a formula. The formula is, first of all, to repent of your sins. Repentance is a miraculous experience because that is about face to the world. That's turning around on the road you've been traveling and going in the other direction. Amen. There's something that comes over you. There's something that grips your heart that you say, I, I don't want to go there no more. I, don't, I do not want to do those things. I don't want to talk like I used to talk. I don't want to look at the things I used to look at. I don't want to partake of the things I used to partake of. Amen. You will, you will feel it down in your bones and in your spirit. Amen. You identify with what I'm preaching about already today? Amen. You feel it in your spirit. You feel this sacredness. You feel uh, a cleansing. You feel like a new person. Amen. Uh, It's wonderful. You, You know what you're feeling? You're feeling the hands of God wrap around your life and wrap around your soul is what you're feeling. And it just feels so full of peace. And where they used to be, you used to be empty. All at once you found satisfaction. Amen. Where there was a void, now there's something that's feeling your heart. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, because your faith is going up now and you realize you can do it and you can live it and you can overcome and you can be what God desires for you to be. Amen. When God changes our nature, friend, we're a new creature in Christ Jesus. Thank God for the experience of the infilling of his presence and power. Then after you repent, then we've got water right up here behind me where we baptize people in the wonderful name of Jesus. And then after you're baptized in the name of Jesus, you come up believing God and receiving the experience of the infilling of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And that's what Jesus said. He said, I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Everybody say fire. Praise God. And that is what happens then it becomes the job of the pastor when you go to come to church is to watch out for people and help people find and stay in contact with God. There, there is the next challenge. I mean, it's one thing to receive it. It's another thing to keep it. And that's why Jude wrote this. He said, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation. It was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly, everybody say earnestly, that you should earnestly contend, this is not a healing faith, this is a saving faith, that you would contend for the faith, the faith which was once delivered unto the saints, that you would just keep contending for it, that you would uh, do it, that you should earnestly, everybody say earnestly, amen, earnestly, earnestly, earnestly. I'm going to tell you that great and good experience is going to grow cold in your life if you don't keep earnestly contending for the faith that God put in your heart. Oh, it's a beautiful thing when God puts faith in your heart. It's a beautiful thing when you can say, I know without a shadow of a doubt, I am a child of the king. Why would not God do it for me knowing that I'm a child of the king? Blood washed, amen, forgiven and set free and baptized with his spirit. Hallelujah. Thank God. No, without a shadow of a doubt, my life has been changed Hey, brother, it's one thing to have your life changed at one day, and it's another thing to keep your life changed. Hey, man, and if you're going to keep your life changed, you're going to have to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. He's delivered it to us. He's given it to us. He's blessed us with it. And I submit to you today that a church is like a garden. Somebody has to keep going around and hoeing out the weeds. Somebody has to keep talking to you about spiritual things. Somebody has to keep encouraging spiritual things. It's like these little pansies out on the front of the church initials every week. Somebody has to go out there and, and, and fertilize it, uh, and it has to stay watered. Uh, and that's the way it is with our life. Uh, it's, that's the way it is with our walk with God. Uh, if somebody don't keep hoeing around the plant, uh, if somebody don't keep uprooting the root, the weeds out of our garden, uh, it won't be long until the garden will be destroyed by the weeds. Uh, somebody's got to keep 
uh, digging uh, and somebody's got to keep pulling the weeds. Uh, hey man, I'm going to tell you about nature. We're just a degenerated people. It does not take us long to lapse back. It does not take us long to turn around. It does not take long for a case of carnality to set in on us. Amen. I believe these sides are too, fo- too loud. Amen. It does not take us too long. Amen. For the things of the world to take right back a hold of our heart. Am I telling the truth? Somebody said, oh, no, I'm just a Christian. I'm going to, oh, no, friend, you're just like everybody else. There's two sides in everybody in this building. One is a side that wants to live for God. And there's another carnal side of us that's against everything about God. That's right. It's in the preacher. It's in the deacon. It's in the Sunday school teacher. It's in the choir leader. Amen. From the front door to the back door of the church. It's everywhere. And that's the reason we just got it. We keep coming to church and we keep studying the Bible. Amen. And we keep hearing the word of the Lord and we keep growing in God. Hallelujah, because we want to grow and we want to be what God wants us to be. Brother, it doesn't take us long to get carnal. It takes us a long time to get spiritual. I was talking to someone the other day. A preacher was calling me about a, about a situation and something that he was considering doing. And I said, I want to tell you something. It doesn't take very long. You, you don't have to do much to pull people down. Amen. It doesn't take much to, to, to destroy the convictions you have in your heart today. That's right, because we're just a degenerated people. Amen. It's, it's that fleshly part that will take over. The challenge is not to see how carnal people can get. The challenge is to see if we can stay spiritual. Anybody can lead you to more carnality. Anybody can encourage you in the world. Hallelujah. But the challenge is, is to preach to you the word of the Lord and you rise up in your spirit and say, hey, I want to live for God. Amen. It's those days you have that feeling like, I'd like to come down to the altar and get under the altar instead of on top of the altar. Amen. It brings that, that refreshing of the Holy Ghost that says, I want to live for God and I want to do the will of God. Hallelujah. That is the challenge to the church today. And, and as a pastor in trying, endeavoring to lead people to grow. So we start with the young people. We work hard around here on the young people, encouraging them to come to prayer meeting, have special prayer meeting. We have fast day for the whole entire church where we fast together. We have prayer meetings for those that are single. We have prayer for those that are couples and the middle aged and the seniors and men's prayer meetings and women's prayer meetings and people joining together and praying. What are we trying to do? We're trying to build and keep a very spiritual Holy Ghost church, an atmosphere where we can grow, an atmosphere where we can please God. You're not going to get it at the drugstore. You're not going to get it at the McCain Mall. You're not going to get it to a man over Aunt Susie's house uh, watching television. I can tell you that right now. You're not going to get it anywhere else. You're going to have to come to his house. Amen. And in his house, it starts to make sense. Isn't it amazing how fuzzy things can become in our mind? How, how it can be so clear about the things of God. And then we walk out this building and feel all the pressures of the world. And you walk in those office buildings and, and you walk in those factories. And wherever you go all at once, it just seems uh, that it becomes kind of 
fuzzy and, and it's not as clear as it once was. You don't see it quite like you did when you were sitting and standing in the presence of the king. Anybody ever had that experience before? Sure, amen. And all at once, our attitude begins to change. God, help us today that we could avoid the pitfalls of blessings. God sends his blessings, and if we're not careful, the blessings will change our attitude toward God. The blessings has been meant to help and to build the kingdom of God. But, oh God, help us today that the blessings do not turn and become as a curse in our life, but they would continue to be that in our life. And then we would know how to handle the good things and the good blessings of God. I want to give you today three uh, attitudes that were in in, in houses. Amen. The first one is found in Luke, the seventh chapter and the 36th verse. The Bible said, And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus was at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment, and stood at his feet behind him, weeping, and began to wash his feet with tears, and did wipe them with the hairs of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with ointment. And then the Pharisee, they, they begin to say, if this man were a prophet, he would have known what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. Look at the attitude that's in this house. It's Simon's house uh, that, that says what is going on here. Jesus is in the house. He, he's, Simon is the homeowner of the house, and he has invited Jesus to his house. But then here comes this woman, the Bible said, when she knew that Jesus said it meet in the Pharisee's house, she brought the alabaster box of ointment to wash his feet and to dry them and to anoint his feet and kiss them with this ointment. You know who had been blessed in this story? You can see clearly with things it had been Simon because the scripture tells us, and he went into the Pharisee's house, into Simon's house. <clears throat> the next one is found in Luke the 10th chapter and the 38th verse. And the scripture said it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into, there it is again, second house, into her house. She owned the house. She had the house. And she had a sister, Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his words. And Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him ready to rebuke him and ready to rebuke her sister, said, Lord, dost thou not even care that my sister hath left me to serve along? Bid her, therefore, to, that she would help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But then he said, there is one thing that is needful, and Mary hath chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away. Who owned the house? Everybody say Martha. Who owned the house? Jesus went into the Pharisee. Everybody say Simon. 
they, can you see the difference in the attitude? Just a little blessing, very small blessing, a blessing that they had a house, they owned the house, they invited Jesus to come to their house, but their attitude was totally different toward Jesus than this one that comes in, seeing Jesus in the house, she's touched, she's moved, she's broken, she's ready to break out the alabaster box of ointment, she's ready to pour it upon his feet, a difference of attitude. You agree with me today? Totally different attitude. Then you see Martha, what does the scripture say? Does it not tell us? And there was a certain woman named Martha, received him into her house. Everybody say her house. It was her house. She received him in two, but yet she's so busy, cumbered about much serving, that she even gets upset at her sister Mary because she's just taking too much time at the prayer meeting. She's too too interested in praying. She's too interested in going to church. She's too interested in the spiritual things. I submit to you today that something was going wrong in their attitude and their spirit. Amen. What if it had been reversed? What would have happened if it had been that Mary owned the house and Martha, where would that have put her? What would have happened if it was the center woman that owned the house and Simon came to her house? I'm telling you, the blessings can become a curse to us if we don't contend for the faith that was once delivered unto us. It changes our attitude. It changes our spirit. It changes our way of looking at things. Yet, I'm going to, you know as well as I do today, we're all so feeble. I'm telling you, we're all so feeble. But it is so, it becomes so cloudy in our mind that we cannot see clearly the things of God. We cannot see clearly the issues of life. We cannot see clearly what is important and what is not important. Where should, should be our focus and what should be our attitude today? I'm going to tell you, God help us. God wants to bless us. It's his good pleasure to bless us. He wants to pour out his blessings upon us. But if we're not careful, it almost becomes as a curse when it changes our attitude. And our attitude is, you know, I own the house. I'm doing pretty good. And this is the deceitfulness the Bible talks about riches. Amen. When I'm going to tell you, there's any of us in this building, it's like a doctor told me one time when I was concerned about my sickness and going through a severe trial, and I went to him and I talked to him a little bit, and he said, I don't believe you have cancer, but let me tell you one thing, you're not one bit above cancer. Amen. We, we, get, we get so bulletproof, we think, and, and things go our way so much, so long, until we get the feeling our, it affects us. It gets down in our subconscious mind where we're not even aware. We cannot even see ourselves. We do not understand what's happening to us. We do not understand how gradually it's changing our attitude. It's changing our spirit. It's changing our perspective. It's changing the way we look at things. And you need to come to church and you need to realize all over again that you've got to contend for the faith and you can't allow a little 
a few of the natural things to get in your eyes to where you cannot see the spiritual things and you cannot see, hey, I'm wretched, I'm miserable, I'm poor, I'm in need of God, I'm in need of another drink, I'm in need of an experience. I started out with an experience, but I need a fresh experience today. And that's what the pastor wants to do is to say, come on, church, rise above. Hey, man, all denominations started out with revival. You go back and read any of them you want to read about. They were falling out of the power. They were laying aside sin. They were laying aside weights and sins that would so easily beset them. They were making consecrations and dedications. And then little by little, layer by layer, over a period of time, it reminds me of some of the scenes that you see in Europe and in England, in Bath, England. How could it have happened that over time here, here, is, uh, here is the original old city down here on this level and the new city would be way on up there above that balcony but over a time of floods and over a time of storms and in wind and rain and rushing water sweeping across hey man little by little it just kept filling in and it kept filling in until it covered a civilization it was buried somewhere under those places and they go back and find them and oh God here we are battling with spirits today. It does not happen overnight. It's not a conscious thing that we're doing, but little by little, we get ease in Zion. It just feels more comfortable. We're more sure day by day. Yes, I'm going to get up in the morning, and it's going to be good old USA, and it's still going to be blessings, and it's going to be prosperity, and another good day, and good things are going to happen, and that's the way God wants it. But I want to tell you on the other side, he wants a pastor to preach to you and stir up your spirit and realize, hey, my focus is not in Uncle Sam. My focus is not in money. My focus is not in things. Whether I own the house or I don't own the house, I want the spirit of the man that doesn't have the house. I want to walk in there with a broken spirit and a broken heart. Hey, man, I want to love God like I loved God when I started out and I didn't have nothing to my name. I was poor. I was broke. I was empty. I didn't have anything. There was no choice of whether I was going to go to Branson or go to church. I couldn't hardly get to church. I didn't have enough gas money to get to church. Nobody wasn't thinking about going to Branson. Come on, everybody clap your hands. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Church, we got a we, we have a challenge on our hands today. We have a battle before us today. Tell you what, after a church has started and after so many years, uh, it, it's just it, it just happens to all the churches. It just happens to all denominations. They get a little stained glass and they get a pipe organ and they get a few other things and, and they get sophisticated people and sophisticated people will never worship God. Amen. They, they despise. They're like Esau. They hate the things of God. Amen. They, they despise Jacob on top of that. It's like Ishmaelites. Brother, we can be Ishmaelites in this church or we can be the Isaacs. The Isaacs sought the blessings of God. They sought after the things of God. Ishmaelites did not want it. 
They rejected it. They walked away from it. So we've got a choice before us today, and we just have to understand it, and we have to have our mind cleared up through the Word of God. We have to see and understand these things, and then we have to make a conscience effort to get ourselves by the nap of the neck and say, Flesh, whether you like it or not, you're going to go to church, and you're going to bow your knees, and you're going to seek God, and you're going to live for God, and you're not going to allow the traps of the things of this world to get in your life. You're going to keep your consecrations. I'm going to tell you what, it pays to be strong. We, we, we preach the stories, we teach them to, in the Sunday school classes to our little children and we get down in front of them and say, you got to be like Daniel. you got to be able to say no to the king's meat. Uh, we tell them, you got to be like the Hebrew children. You can't bend and you can't bow. And then the next little test we have, we give in to the draws of this world. We cannot resist the sins of this world. We, we know we're going to be condemned. Church, it's not me condemning you. Amen. It's the Word of God. It's the Spirit of God that hates the little G's of this world. Amen. And you allow yourself to, to be drawn away into those things, the entertainment. Sure, the flesh likes entertainment. Everybody's flesh likes entertainment. The pastor's flesh likes entertainment. Your flesh likes entertainment. But guess what it touches? It touches nerves and things in us that don't need to be touched. And then we wonder why we go astray and why, why is it that Pentecost is going astray? I can tell you why. It's because they went across the boundaries. They jumped the fence. They looked at the world. They looked at television. They looked at internet. They looked at all these entrapments, and they said there cannot be much wrong with that, and they just went over the fence. And I want to tell you what, you don't have the experience. You don't feel the unction. You don't feel the anointing. Amen. Oh, God, give us strength. I'll tell you about sin, the pleasure of sin. It'll last about that long. Everybody hold your fingers about an inch apart and look at them. That's how long the pleasure of sin will last. You know how long the memory of sin will last? You can't measure it. You can't get it out of your mind. You can't forget it. And your heart is filled with regret. But I want to tell you, whenever things are going good, uh, and the heart is filled with marrying joy. Amen. What's the big deal? Well, I'll tell you the big deal is there's a big God. Amen. There's a big God. Hallelujah. There's a big God that's wanting to save us. Well, hallelujah. Oh, yeah. Satan, you're a liar. Amen. I got the gospel hole out today. Amen. Hallelujah. God, keep us from the entanglements. Lord, don't let the weeds wrap around our soul. If the weeds wrap around our soul, when we get down to pray, we can't have the experience. We started out with an experience, and we got to keep an experience. Hallelujah. Have you give up hope? Hey, friend, the joy of this salvation is feeling God. It's not a mind game. It's an experience. And when the consecration's there, the victory will be there. The anointing will be there.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, help us, Lord, to be like Daniel and say, purpose in our heart, I'm not going to do it. Help us, God, to be like the Hebrew children. I'm not going to bend and I'm not going to bow to the gods of this world, but I'm going to keep you first and number one in my life. Hallelujah. Bless your wonderful name. Praise God with a hand clap together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Is it possible that you can be blessed and live for God? Oh, yes, sir. And did you know that's what brings even more, more glory to God? Amen. When you have been blessed and you have got your mind made up, hallelujah. What do you think about a made-up mind? I've got my mind made up. I've got my mind made up. Everybody say a made-up mind. I got my mind made up. I got my eyes set on heaven. I'm going to get them above the entertainment of this world. I've got my eyes set on heaven. Hey, man, I'm walking up the king's highway. I'm on my way today. Hallelujah. Satan, flesh, you're not going to get me off the king's highway. Hey, man, if good times come, good. If, if they don't come, it's still going to be good. Hey, man, if I prosper, good. If I don't prosper, I'm still going to serve him. Hallelujah. If I've got money, good. If I don't have any money, I'm still in love with him. Hallelujah. 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 I got my eyes on Jesus. I got my eyes on the King's Highway. I'm determined I'm going to live for God regardless. Amen. But I want to tell you something. You can own the house. Everybody say own the house and have the victory at the same time. You can do it. Amen. And the Bible said, Behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was chief among the publicans, and he was rich. Everybody say rich. The Bible said he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of statue. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. Everybody say house. Today I must abide at thy house. Brother, there's nothing like getting Jesus in your house. Did you know if we keep Jesus in our houses, did you know when we come to church that without a shadow of a doubt, Jesus will be in the church. I must abide at thy house. And the Bible said, and he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, there's always those that's going to murmur. They all murmured, saying that he was going to be a guest with a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto him, Lord, behold, Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I've taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto them, this day is salvation. Come to this. Everybody say house. This day is salvation. Come to this house. For as much as he also 
is a son of Abraham. Thank you, Jesus. Satan, you're a liar. We rebuke you in Jesus' name. We can have the best. We can have the material things. But that's not going to change our focus. Devil, you're not going to do it to us. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, this is just pretty good day, isn't it? Blessed of God, having church in one of the most beautiful places. I'm going to tell you, I come here every day. Very rare that I'm not here a day. And I, I, I walk through here, pray, and I never get tired of seeing what the Lord has done. And how God has moved. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. The blessings and the goodness of God. Hallelujah. Unbelievable. Hallelujah. And then I think about where Pentecost started. And we were on the other side of the track. And the Pentecostals that Pentecostals made fun of. And uh, a daddy uh, driving an old homemade built motor home and had mate pop brand of tires on it. The tires just may pop any time. Amen. Amen. And, and, and living for God and just a genuine burden in their heart to work for God and pray people through the Holy Ghost. And an old drum to beat. I still have it in my office up on top of a uh, bookcase. And a, and a lantern that hung in, in uh, brush arbors around this, uh, this city. In Cato and, and different places. I still have that old lantern. And when I think about all the trials and the things they went through. And people went through to get there and riding uh, uh, in, in a car and pickup truck in the back of pickup truck. I've heard Brother Bill, Terrell Bill, tell about and, and all the things that people went through, eating, eating dust down a gravel road to get to church to worship God. And they come there to praise and glorify the Lord. And I want to tell you, if it had not been for that day, we would not have this day. And the reason we're here today is because they did that that day. And they were faithful to God on that day. You agree? We would not know what we know. We would not be where we're at today. But because they stayed true to God through the thick and thin and more thin than thick, Amen. God blessed them abundantly, and God has blessed his people abundantly, and he's opened up the windows of heaven, hallelujah, and helped us and blessed us, amen, uh, in such a marvelous, wonderful way. And now we get in the house, and our attitude changes toward the Lord. We, we get up, you know, what, what are they doing worshiping? What's that woman doing crying? What are they doing shouting? 
Why don't we get sophisticated and dignified and sit on the pews and do like all the other denominations? The only way you can tell they're not having a funeral is they just don't have a corpse there. All they need to have a funeral is just a dead body there because it's so dry and lifeless and cold. Hey Amen. And, and people begin to entertain these things. And, and, and it, it, you know what happened? It was layer by layer. It was the wind blowing. It was the dust settling. It was the wash and the flood and the big storm that rained the dirt off the hillside down into the valley over the top of the city, one little layer after another layer until it finally covered up a civilization of Pentecost of old timers that loved God and believed in the power of the Holy Ghost. They weren't trying to get in social standing with the city. They weren't worried about high profile section or what somebody was going to think or what somebody was going to say. Amen. They just loved God. They were a humble, sweet, God-fearing, God-caring, good neighbors, good people, good people. I'm going to tell you, this church has been built on good people with good hearts in them that were fair shooters. Amen. Fair shooters and good neighbors and people you could count on. Thank God. Hallelujah. People you could trust. Amen. Not a lot of material things, but they had the right attitude and they had the right spirit. Hallelujah. And over a period of time, God help us to resist. Why does our attitude have to change? Why would our spirit have to change? Why would there have to be a shift in our life when God has blessed us so much? We're contending for the faith. Hallelujah. What are we contending? How are you going to keep the faith? How are we going to keep the faith? Y'all help me preach right now. How are we going to keep the faith in this church? How are we going to keep from everybody getting eat up with Hollywood, lusting after, oh, all the stars and movie stars? You know what? I hear names and, and they talk about how great they are and I don't even know who they are. Amen. But I know who Peter is and I've read about Paul. Amen. I've read about Joshua, and I've read about Abraham. And you know what? I don't really care what their name is, other than I'd like to see them just come to church and get the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And I want to tell you something. If God can fill my brother with the Holy Ghost and put my brother in this church, I told somebody yesterday he can put George W. Bush in this church. Amen. Y'all help me. How do we do it? Lusting after things of the world, hypocriting, playing with the world. Well, nobody's not looking, so it won't matter. Hey, man, no. I'm going to tell you it takes conscientious, real people that have the vision. Everybody say the vision. The vision. They see the vision that we own the house now. We got the comforts of the house. This is my house. Uh, I know, Simon, but you don't understand the conveyor belts turning and you're slipping every day and you're slipping one more step toward eternity and it's going to dump you off just like it dumped the last one off. And that name over at the courthouse that's got your, this house, section so-and-so, township, hey man, lot number, this belongs to Simon. Somebody will come in there and they'll change that name and that number 
and the house will belong to somebody else and they'll say, this is my house. Amen. Why would we let that affect us from praying fervently? Hallelujah. Why couldn't we just be a house full of Zacchaeuses that says, hey, I'm going to see him some way, somehow. I'm going to see him Sunday night. I'm going to shout the victory on Sunday night. I'm going to find him, Sister Deal. I'm not going to stop till I get the Holy Ghost, Sister Renee. Amen. Brother Clint, I'm not going to allow a few of the natural things in this world to mess up my mind and get me misfocused. You know what? We'd be a whole lot better off to lose everything we've got in the natural Boy, that'd cause a prayer meeting, wouldn't it? You know, just wipe it out of our life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But I tell you what, it's a whole lot more glory to God if you can be a Zacchaeus and be rich and still climb a sycamore tree. Look silly to the world. What are you doing up there, Zacchaeus? I'm fixing to see him when he passes by. I'm fixing to see him when he passes by. I'm going to get a glimpse of him. <laughs> I'm going to get a glimpse of him. Don't have any hope of anything else, but I'm just going to get a glimpse of him. But whenever he passed by and he looked up, he saw him in a tree. He said, make haste, come down, brother. I'm fixing to go to your house. Oh, no, you ain't supposed to do that now. You're not supposed to have bus ministry and pick up little snotty-nosed children. You ain't supposed to send money to India. You're not supposed to get beside yourself. You're not, you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not. It don't matter what you say. If Jesus says, I like it, then you can just figure it out for yourself. Amen. And here, here Jesus turns from that big old multitude that's following him, and they're murmuring and whispering behind his back and saying, you believe that? Can you believe that? He don't even know who this outlaw is. He doesn't even know who this Zacchaeus is. Yeah, old Zacchaeus just moved right under you and got your blessing, friend. Hallelujah. But you're not going to steal my blessing, Zacchaeus, because we're going to run along with you. Amen. We're going to get him in our house with us. We're not going to let sin get in our house where Jesus will come in the house. And when Jesus gets there, he'll dine with us. And he'll eat with us. And he'll fellowship with us. Can I tell you what's wrong in Pentecost? When I'm at church, I'm a, you know, I believe in this. But when I'm home, it's a different feeling, a different atmosphere. It doesn't have to be like that. You can have the same good atmosphere you feel in this church and the good peace of the Lord. Don't you feel the peace of the Lord sitting in these pews today? The hand of God, I know some of you do, look like you're about to go to sleep. That's right. Amen. Hallelujah. That peace that passeth all understanding. Feel the help of the Lord. Amen. And there's nothing in this world like carrying Jesus home with you. You don't have to fuss and rave and carry on and act crazy and fuss with your wife and fuss at the children. You don't have to do that. I'm going to tell you, you can take Jesus to the house. He'll go in there and he'll sit down with you and eat with you and talk to you. Man, you can just feel good. Feel good and have that sweet fellowship with the Lord. Because you got Jesus in the house. And you've got the peace of God. Hallelujah. And then it's not going to change your attitude, change your spirit. Hallelujah. Let's stand together in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I believe you right now. Hallelujah. I'd like for families to join up right now and pray together. 
Come on, join up with your family and let's just talk to God together. In the name of Jesus Christ, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, we know we're warring against the Spirit. Help us to contend for the faith. Oh, God, thank you for what you did. Thank you for how you moved. Oh, yes, Lord. Come on, just obey the Holy Ghost. Come on, move in the Spirit. Oh, God. Come on, church. Pray with me right now together. Lord, we're determined. We're going to get Jesus. Don't be afraid to walk across Find them wherever you need to go. Come down to front. Come on, wife. Come on, children. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, God. Oh, you have blessed us abundantly. You've helped us beyond measure. Lord, you can trust us with a house. You can trust us with a little house. Holy It's your good pleasure to give to us the kingdom of God. Hallelujah, the good, rich blessings of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, join up and let's pray together. Oh, God, oh, God. In the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord. Work in our lives. Oh, don't let us ever lose this vision. Oh, don't let us ever lose the vision of Jesus. Holy be the coming of the In the name of the Lord. 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 Lord, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Jesus, come on, church. Oh, God. Come on. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, yes, God. Draw me nearer to you, God. Draw me nearer to you, God. Draw me nearer to you, God. Church, we got a brand new year on our hands. 2005, we're just in the beginning month of it. Why don't we purpose in our hearts? You want to close your eyes? Why don't we purpose in our heart? God, I'm going to lead my family to you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let's ask God to help us. Why don't you tell your family? Hey Amen. Why don't you have a little powwow right there around and Hey Amen. Talk to one another here today. Hey Amen. Purpose in your heart. I'm going to pray. I'm going to live for God. In the name of Jesus, every eye closed and everyone praying together. Come on, talk to your family together. In the name of Jesus, God. Blessed Lord, to the cross where thou
that's the way to pray. Oh, yes. Nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thou Draw me nearer, oh God, draw me nearer, draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to thy precious bleeding side. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. How does the change happen in our life? How does the change take place? It's so slow. It's so gradual. Attitude changes so, so, so gradually. And that's why we've got to guard against it. We've got to guard against it. What's going to keep this a spiritual church? What's going to keep it spiritual is you people, you people, you men, heaven, hallelujah, hallelujah, living the life in Jesus' name. Give us the strength, Lord. Hallelujah. What about it, brothers? What about it, sisters? Amen. Can you say no when the pressure's on? Can you stand tall? Amen. Or will it look ridiculous to you when you see somebody with an alabaster box of ointment, when you see someone crying and worshiping him? Oh, God, help us today. I want you to help us to pray. This church is, I don't know, I'd have to, I'd have to research to find just how old this congregation is. It's over a number of years. It may surprise you, but I've pastored probably 10 years longer already than my daddy pastored this church. Amen. And time is marching on. And you know, uh, they say the life of an institution is somewhere around 50 years. Well, we've well passed that up. But I don't want the devil to make inroads. When we're too big to pray, when we're too big to come to prayer meeting, when we get too much, amen, to have a fast day and to worship God, amen, we'd be a whole lot better back in the brush arbors than we'd be standing in this splendid place today that God hath provided for us. So you see the burden of my heart? I'm saying help me contend for the faith. Help me contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. Friend, I want to tell you, we know what the real power of God is all about. There's a different spirit that's come across a lot of people, and even in Pentecost, and it's, it's some, something strange kind of spirit. It's a funny deal. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a speaking in tongues that don't have the, it doesn't have the right ring to it. it it's, it's something that's foreign to our spirit. I want to tell you, when you've had the real thing, you can tell when people are touching God. You can tell when somebody's praying in the Spirit, and we just got to keep contending for it. In closing this service today, 
I want to ask you right now, would you, would you get the vision of the burden of my heart? Amen. And would you ask God to give you the strength to contend with me for the faith that we don't lose? Come on, let's pray right now together. Would you do it? Lord, I ask you in the name of the Lord, let every person in this building, come on, pray with me in the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord. Give us those that will contend and commit. We're determined to have revival in spite of things, and God, because you have been so good to us. You have blessed us so abundantly. We're so filled with thanksgiving. But, Lord, we don't want any of these things to destroy our commitment to you, our love for you, our devotion to you, God. We want to walk with you, God. We want to serve you with all of our heart. In Jesus' name, I pray, God. Hallelujah. God bless you. Prayer meeting this evening at 6 o'clock. Victory in the house tonight in Jesus' name. God bless all of you for being here.